Hi, Smarties. We can't wait for you to listen to this episode about calendaring. We know that calendaring is hated by so many of the students we work with, and it's usually the first thing we do with them. But it is so critical and so important. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Welcome, Smarties, to episode 02, How to Calendar. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. So Steph and I went back and forth on where we should start. And then we just ultimately decided we really need to start how we would start with a client, which is a coaching up, if you will, on how to calendar and why it's important. Why do you think we always start with students on calendaring? I always start with students on calendaring because if you don't have a calendar going on and know what is going on in your life, nothing else can get done. 100%. It's a starting off point. It's the thing that reduces anxiety in our students. For sure. Right off the bat. Because once you're in control of your time, suddenly you're in control of your life, right? And life isn't just happening to you anymore. School isn't just happening you're in charge of school, right? Right. And you actually know all of the things that you are supposed to be doing, where you're supposed to be, all of that. Yeah. And that definitely reduces the anxiety. Mm -hmm. I always say you can't get in a car and drive unless you know where you're going. And it's the same thing with calendaring. You can't start reaching goals and milestones within educational therapy unless you know what the goals and milestones are. And for our students, this starts with a calendaring system. But I know you and I, Steph, often, especially with the teenagers, encounter a lot of resistance to this. And you challenge your clients. And it's one of – I do it now, too – But it's something that I learned from you, and I think our smarty audience would really benefit from hearing your challenge. So, so many kids come to me and go, you know, I have my online portal. I can just remember in my head all of these things, right? And one of the biggest things that I often tell high school kids is that really what is high school about? It's about learning how to adult or adulting, as I call it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I say to the kids when they start giving me this, you know, heels in, dig in, I'm, you know, I don't need that. I don't want it. I say, I challenge you to find an adult that doesn't have a calendar. Mm -hmm. And in thinking about that, you guys, you smarties, Mm -hmm. how many of you don't have a calendar? I think there may be there are a few of you and I might challenge you to start one because it will really help you. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, adults all have calendars. 100%. And I often challenge my students when they're giving me pushback on this. And usually it's so early on in our sessions that they're not quite comfortable yet to tell me, no, Rachel, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But you can tell that they're not 100% sold on it. Yeah. And one of the things that I will often talk to them about, and this is something else that I learned from you, and I swear, Steph, you've learned stuff from me, but on calendaring, I've learned quite a few analogies from you, is that brain ram. Oh, yeah. Right? When you have a million things open on your computer, guess what happens? It slows down, programs stop working. I always use the laptop. I use the phone. Oh, there you go. I think I might be queen of the analogies. I think that's that's the thing. I, I sit there and say to the kids... 
So you all have an iPhone, most of them do, mm-hmm. or, you know, an Android of some sort, right? And I, I'll sit there and say, what happens when you have all of the apps going? And I'll get one of two answers. One, the battery dies. Right. Or two, it goes really slowly. Right. Then I transfer it over to exactly what you were saying about calendaring. What I'll say to these kids is I would rather you take up RAM in your brain for things you're going to be tested on, not for when you have basketball this week. Anything that can be written down should be written down. And it's one of those things that I also I'm equate it to a diet, which is it sucks to start it. There's a lot of upfront work. But as soon as you start to see those results and it becomes a little more automated and habitual, the benefits far outweigh that uncomfortable beginning of starting, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. Can I touch on one thing that you said that is a pretty standard rebuttal when we talk to kids about calendaring, especially with middle school and high school students, is this online portal? The portal. If there is one thing that I could take and throw out from all schools, it would be the online portal. Yes. And I often tell parents I have a love-hate relationship with it, but honestly, it's mostly hate because it teaches students learned helplessness. We're teaching them to rely on their what their teachers are posting to tell them what to do every day. Many, many reasons this is a terrible strategy. First of all, when you're in college and you're in adult life, you don't have someone sitting there sending you your daily assignments. Does not allow for forward planning. Teachers all use online portals in a completely different way. So when you're in middle school and high school, right? That is the worst. It's the worst. When you're in middle school and high school, you have the added on challenge of remembering that your math teacher posts all the homework for the week on Mondays, and your English teacher tends to not post as frequently. And don't get me started on how they don't post. (laughs) Or even worse, one teacher goes on Google Classroom, one teacher has a website, and one teacher does it on the whatever portal they're actually using. And so now you have kids checking five things. And they're not. Before they can consolidate anything. And they're not checking five things. Yeah, they don't. And then we wonder why things are falling through the cracks, right? Yes. It's because, and which brings us to really our first big rule. We have seven major rules of calendaring. And the first major rule that I will tell parents and students, because honestly, we kind of make a shift in how the family is planning their time when the student makes a shift. Um, And the first major rule that you will hear us say time and time again, just wait till we talk about backpacks, just wait till we talk about physical organization of space, is that everything must be in one place. And if everything is in five different places, which is what's happening with these online portals, because there's no uniformity in how they should be used, things fall through the cracks. And students need to have one point of action every day, which is, I'm going to check my calendar. Everything that we're going to be talking about today is coaching your kid up on being an adult who consults their calendar before making any commitments. Right. And I will often, if not 100% of the time, show students my personal calendar. I'll preface it by saying that I have a lot going on and they're like not to get overwhelmed by how much I actually have going on. But I'm showing it to them because in reality, they usually have even more than I have going on. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, 
especially like each class and the rotation of the schedule and all the little assignments that are due every day, we're trying to help them not have that midnight panic. Oh, no, I have something due tomorrow that I didn't know about. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. I call it the Sunday night email that I get from parents, which is my kid and has an assignment due at 9 a.m. and we're only finding out about it right now. And it's 11 o'clock at night, which I don't – Yeah, I can't do anything about it. And really, the parent can't do anything about it at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. That kind of late-night panic does not happen once there's the calendaring system in place, right? Yeah. yeah. So our first big rule is everything is one place. Steph, you want to talk about our second big rule of calendaring? Yes. The second big rule is – really deciding digital versus paper. Mm -hmm. And once you've decided, it's really about going forward and committing to that. And and I want to talk a little bit about the digital versus paper. Some of it depends on how old your kid is. Mm -hmm. And some of it depends on what type of kid your kid is. I still have adults, parents of clients who use a paper calendar because that's what they prefer. Yeah, my mom does. So Mm -hmm. there's advantages and disadvantages to each, right? If you have a kid that loses things but is not going to – least likely they lose their iPhone, Mm -hmm. let's go with the digital. Right. (laughs) If if they're a kid who – tends to lose the iPhone often or it gets taken away for this, that, and the other reason, let's stick with the paper. Mm -hmm. And I really think that, especially if you can have a digital system, it's really good for the whole family. I think we should be transparent in this conversation. You and I absolutely promote a digital calendar over a paper calendar. There's several reasons which we're going to lay out in the next several rules of why we think it's just so much easier ultimately. But Steph, you made a really good point. And this is something that my family has to this day because we all use Google Calendar really except for my mom. But (laughs) me and my dad and my brother all use Google Calendar. And that is the idea of an all-family calendar. An all-family calendar. So when I go back to when I was the executive family assistant and I was managing seven different children's calendars with all of the different family activities and all of the different things, one of the things that I made sure was having a all-family calendar. And the advantage to that is that because you can share Google calendars, and we're a big, big believer in the Google calendar. Yes. So it's really about being able to have everybody see when you have a family commitment. Yes. And obviously calendars are shared between parents and kids and and whatnot so that it's important. But, you know, one kid might not need to know the other kid's activities, so that might not be shared. But in all family, if you're having dinner or it's someone's birthday or you have to be somewhere. When the whole family is expected to show up and be together for an event. That is important to have that all-family calendar and that they know if something is on that, that is not changeable. So oftentimes, I would never let the kids have the edit feature. They could only just view it. (laughs) Just a little FYI parent tip. Yeah. I mean, this is an ongoing conversation between my fiancé and I because I'm constantly inviting him to events on Google Calendar that I never follow up with him in person about. So my preferred mode of communicating when we have an expectation of something we have to do, whether it be for our wedding that's upcoming or or um, a family commitment or we're hanging out with friends, is I'm automatically putting it into 
my Google Calendar, and sometimes I forget to tell him, and so the only way he knows is because I've sent him the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get a text three days later, and he's like, what is this? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. But the reason that happens is because of really number three, our third big rule of calendaring, which is automate, automate, automate. So what this means for a student is when they have, for example, the same class every other Monday at 9 a.m., well, put it into your calendar every other Monday at 9 a.m. so that it's consistently showing up, which is really one of the huge reasons we prefer digital is because you can automate things in this way, right? Oh, for sure. Because automation is, it's just when we talk about learning smarter, it's also working smarter, right? Yeah. Automating things is going to make your life and your children's lives so much easier because you don't want to spend, I often talk about gas in the gas tank, Mm -hmm. and you don't want to spend all your gas constantly loading things that don't need to be continually loaded if you can make it automatic. If your child has basketball practice every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. for the next seven weeks, well, put it into your calendar once for the next seven weeks, and it'll be there, and that time will be preserved and saved. Now, if you're really high level, I don't even do this, but I do know people who put in drive time even, and so their life is super structured, but that's not what we're asking of you right now. No. <laughs> if yeah, you're going I don't from do that. <laughs> ze- yeah, me either. But if you're going from zero to 100, we might not have a huge amount of success, but there's just so many ways that automation can really become meaningful. And like, for example, Steph and I will see the same client every Monday at 2.30. And that's automated into our calendar. We never have to think about it because our calendar is telling us what to do. For sure, my calendar tells me what to do every day. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) The fourth big rule of calendaring is front-loading. Front-loading is when you are looking at all the different things coming up I often say at the beginning of a semester, you front load that semester for a client. So the things that are coming up, I always start with when they have time off from school because that's such a huge buy-in for them. Mm -hmm. And then I sneak the other things in. So we're going to get into this a little bit later on of things that must go on to a calendar. Yes, but it's basically that. It's basically putting all the things that you're going to need in first, and then you can add the daily stuff. So Steph, let me ask you a question about this because I've never asked you this specific question and you just said that you do it at the beginning of each semester. So are you telling me when you start with a client in August, you only front load the first half of the year? Yes. And then they have to front load in January or December, the second half of the year? Yes. And part of my reasoning for that is because since we've done it once together, then this next time that they do it, I'll still have them do it in my office, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to lead it as much. Okay. I'll give them the category and maybe have them look it up or whatever it is, the stepping stone. So that makes a lot of sense to me. I kind of take a different approach with my clients, which is please go do the whole year because I don't want to revisit this because that's what I do. Yeah. And it's just a different stylistically. And what that means is I probably give my student less to do every week because I want them to do the whole year, right? You can front load it in many ways, clearly. Yeah. We've never had this conversation. I didn't know that you did that. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) The fifth big rule of calendaring, and really this is something that, you know, I'm going to combine the fifth and sixth rule because I believe that they're one and the same ultimately. 
So the fifth and sixth rule of calendaring is layering and color coding your calendars. So what this means when you have a digital calendar is you can have different calendars for different specific commitments. So for example, I have a personal calendar that has all my personal appointments in it that's pink on my calendar. I have my business calendar, which is green on my calendar. (laughs) I have our podcast calendar, which is orange on my calendar. So I can quickly kind of look at, and by the way, I have a wedding calendar. I have a money calendar so that I know when bills are due. That's red because I do not want to be late on a payment. (laughs) But nothing trips me up more, Steph, than when I look at your calendar and you have different colors. Oh, yeah. We're different color people, guys. I'm more pastel. She's definitely not. So, yeah. I'm definitely more bright and bold (laughs) colors, right? My personal calendar is purple just just because that's who I am. And your business calendar is pink. It's bright pink, yeah. Yeah, it's just which is the exact same color as my personal calendar. Really throws me for a loop (laughs) when I look at yours. But the reason this is important is because it's nice to be able to look at your calendar at a week or at a day or at a month, which is another advantage of doing a digital calendar is you can look at it from any number of ways. Or you can look at it as a list, which I do often. And you can clearly see how your time is being spent. Now, for a student, really, you don't need eight or nine calendars like I have. I've gone round the bend with calendaring, but it really works for me to have eight or nine calendars. But for a student, you really only need two. You need the school and you need the personal. And we will break those down in this next little section. But before we do, let's go to our last big rule of calendaring. And Steph, you and I had a little debate about this before we started recording today, but we've come to the conclusion (laughs) that the seventh big rule in calendaring is about a to-do list. And a to-do list, since we're talking about having everything in one spot, Mm -hmm. a good place to do a to-do list is those all-day events Mm -hmm. in the calendar. That's how I do it 90% of the time. But you have also taught me if it's not achievable on the day that I've assigned it to have a quote unquote would be nice list elsewhere. Yes. But for the calendaring purposes, an all day event can be something for my purposes of email this parent on this particular day. Oh, yeah. Or pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. And that goes on my money calendar, right? (laughs) So all these things that are It's a one-time task. It needs to happen at some point during the day. We don't promote having a separate location of your to-do list because everything everything needs to be able to reconcile together. So if you have appointments and events throughout your day, but you also have these kind of singular one-time activities that have to happen on a certain day, put it all in the same place. So again, you only have one place to look at. And you're much more likely to be successful in achieving everything that you have to achieve throughout the day. And doesn't that feel good when you can? Oh my gosh, I delete the all-day events when I'm done. So I still get the satisfaction of crossing something out because it's no longer on my calendar. Nice. Because I delete it. But just to add a little bit of extra something or other, if you do use Mm -hmm. Inbox, if you have Gmail, or use your calendar with that, you can create goals which I don't think we've ever talked about, but that's another thing, or reminders in your calendar or with your with your inbox, and that's kind of fun too, but to be discussed later. My head's kind of exploding right now, and my <laughs> system's already pretty intense, and it's working for me. But that's the thing that I'll say is that, you know, Steph and I are so similar 
we definitely have the same fundamental core beliefs about calendaring, but we figure out systems and you will figure out systems that work for you. But these seven big rules of calendaring that we've just been through are for you to think about and for you to be mindful of as you're creating your own calendar and as you're helping your student create their own calendar. And by the way, if there are teachers listening to this, we weren't trying to be insulting about the online portal. We understand as individuals, each teacher has their own different style and each teacher plans in a very different way. But I think it's important that teachers are mindful of what their students actually have to kind of navigate in the online portal. Because a frustration sometimes for me is when the teacher says to my client, you know, it was in the portal. Yeah, but they had to get through seven or eight different steps separate from everything else that they have to do for every other teacher. So I think it's just something to be mindful of, right? Yeah. Yeah, and some kids are better at this than other and others and that's definitely why it's it that's definitely why that's where we're starting. And right. want to remind you guys of that. And if there are things that you guys think are really great that we haven't included, feel free to tell us. We'd love to know. We're really open about all of that kind of stuff. So Believe us, if there's a more efficient way of doing something, we want it. We want it. We want to know. We we want our lives to be easier. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to get into the next section of this episode, which is the things that must go on a calendar. And before we really delve too deeply into this, don't worry if you're driving or if you're on a walk and you're listening to us in earbuds. This is available on our website. So the list of things that must go on a calendar, and this is a flexible list, but it's something that is pretty universal. So feel free to go to www.learnsmarterpodcast.com, search for episode two, and this freebie will be there and available for you to use. So like we said, we believe that each student really needs to have two calendars. They can pick the colors of their choice. And the first is the school calendar. Steph, you want to go into everything that has to go on a school calendar? A school calendar has your classes, right? So if you have a block schedule and things are constantly moving or you have different types of days where there's like a late start or you get out early or that kind of a thing, right. you're going to put those those events, yes, all of those kinds of things in that calendar. Mm-hmm. The entire school year or semester mm-hmm. of academic stuff. So days off, days where you're getting report cards or progress reports, late starts, school-wide events. Then there's the difference between an all-day event like we've talked about or a timed event. So an all-day event might be things that are important not really time specific like school is off school is off for memorial day coming up right you're not going to put that from eight to whatever every day it's an all-day event yeah or if it's like spirit day right that's That's an an all-day event when you're deciding what goes on your school calendar from your academic calendar by the way almost every school has a download downloadable academic calendar i would recommend you print it rather than swiping back and forth across your screen It'll be faster if you have it printed in front of you. But you do need to make some decisions about what applies to the student and what doesn't. So, for example, prom doesn't apply to a ninth grader, right? But if you're a 12th grader, it should be on your calendar. Even if you're not going to go, it's nice to know when things are happening. And when in doubt, (laughs) write it down. 
Because as my dad would always say, it's not going to slow the car down. It's not going to slow your phone down to have an event that you don't ultimately need, but it would slow you down to not have an event that you really do need. So when in doubt, just write it down. So, okay, so you're going to have all your classes automated and put in. And when it comes to homework, homework needs to be put in the calendar on the day it is due. Yes. And the reason I am saying that slowly is because especially when you have a student who's transitioning between elementary and middle school. Every time. They want to put it down on the day it's assigned. Now, I go to the dentist every six months, right? And every time I'm there, I make an appointment for the next time I need to go. Now, if I wrote the appointment down on the day that I made the appointment, I would never go to the dentist because I would never remember that I had that appointment made. Homework needs to go in on the day that it is due. Steph, what do you want to add to that? Because that is a really critical missing piece for a lot of our clients. It is. And so one of the things that I compromise, because I have a lot of kids that just can't, they're just not in the space yet where they can, they're learning they're how They're not to, flexible. Yeah. And they're yet. not learning like far out, you know, how, how things work in that regard. So then I make a compromise. They can put it on the day it's assigned, but they also have to put it mm-hmm. on the day it's due. Oh, the double work. Uh, which I don't like, but sometimes you've just, that's the kind of compromise you have to make with some of the kids, especially the sixth graders. <laughs> yeah, the sixth I mean, because think about it. In elementary school, homework is assigned either on Monday due on Friday or is assigned tonight due tomorrow. So there's no kind of forward planning. It totally makes sense that homework is written down on the day that it's due. But then these kids transition into middle school where they're not having assignments due the following day. They're not even meeting every class the following day. And they have these long-term projects. And nobody's ever said to them, put the assignment down now. Now, and for the rest of your life, the assignment has to go on the day that it's due. So there can be some back planning, which is where like you and I would come in, right? Yeah, the back planning. We do a lot of back planning. (laughs) Yes. And back planning, just so people know, is when you have a test two weeks out and you plan backwards from that test. So how many days of studying do you actually need? And we budget that time in. And this really gets into EF. Right, executive functioning. We're really going to talk a lot about that. So don't don't worry. But just to put it in your adult perspective, if you think about when you're going to work in the morning, you back plan. You have to be at work at 9 a.m. How long does it take you to drive? How long does it take you to get ready and eat breakfast? So what time do you need to wake up? Exactly. That is your back planning. So it's the same thing with assignments for for our students. And I think that's a really important point is that that kind of back planning kind of happens seamlessly for a lot of adults. Yeah. But it doesn't happen seamlessly for a lot of the population that we work with. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that skill of being able to back plan becomes so critical. It's such a critical life skill so that you could be an on-time and prompt person, which is so important. Yes. Steph, what are some of the things that you would have students put on their personal calendar? So sports, games, if they know them. Sometimes I get the kids, they bring in their volleyball schedule or baseball schedule. Right. Um, Or if they have private coaches for things, sometimes some of the kids have that. Or if they have a music lesson, um, they might put in practice time for those kinds of music lessons or, or whatever it is that they might need to be practicing outside of a lesson. Doctor's appointments or special appointments. Appointments with me. 
Yep. I have them put those in so that they know. So that's, you know, if they're seeing an ed therapist or they're seeing a tutor or a speech therapist or going to OT or any of these other things. Occupational therapy. Occupational therapy. Sorry. Those are the things that you put in. Or the other thing is you might want to put in religious classes if that's something that you guys do. Mm-hmm. It's really important that we as a therapist and you as the parent or the classroom teacher make calendaring work for different age students. So we've already talked a little bit about elementary age students have this real huge like learning gap happening between elementary school and middle school students. But there are some ways that you can kind of help kids along and get them prepped while they're in elementary school. One of these things is everything that we just listed for personal can all go into their school planner everything. So I work with a school that calls their school planner their best friend. Because if you think about it, your calendar really is your best friend. (laughs) And I always have them go in and write appointments with me. If I know there are other appointments throughout the week and they're consistent, then we spend the time and we go in for months out writing all these appointments in because they need to know the days that they have left after school time, even in elementary school. Yes. And this is how you kind of coach them up for the huge transition coming up. And the other thing that I always tell parents and, and kids that I want in their in their planner is that I want their reading time. Right. Because their reading time, you know, whether their school says 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day and their teacher might have them do a reading log or not, if, and and we'll get into this, but even if the teacher doesn't, some schools don't, I think it should be a nightly thing. I think a Rachel agrees. Mm-hmm. It should be a, for an elementary age kid. It should be a nightly thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I have the kids put that in. In terms of middle school and high school students, our biggest piece of advice is Do not let your student rely on that online portal. Yes. It is worth saying it twice. Or 50 times. Or 50 times. And sometimes we do with our students because they'll come back at us time and time again. It's in the portal. Eventually, what will happen is they will come around and they will realize that having everything in one place makes life so much easier and that the online portal is super unreliable. And so just listening to what happens in class, and obviously, you know, we're not making any qualms about it. We're promoting a digital calendaring system. But the school has to be open to kind of supporting that learning. But at the same time, students are on their phones. And oftentimes, you can make an agreement with teachers that when they pull out their phone at the end of class, what they're doing is adding to their calendar. Or taking a picture. And I've actually had a student who um, the school became aware that this was how they were calendaring and had them share their calendar with their peers. And so I have this student who really struggled with organization and executive functioning prior. And now they had turned into the executive functioning hub and calendaring hub of their classroom. Isn't that great? I love that. Yeah. That's such a good story. That's such a good story. I think one thing that I want to add about if you're using a paper calendar, Mm -hmm. especially for the middle and high school kids, when you become a middle and high schooler, you start to do everything in pen. Mm. And one of the biggest things that I'm trying to get the kids that that really need to do the paper planner is not to do everything in pen, to do it in pencil or erasable colored pencil, which is my favorite. 
but you don't always carry those around. So pencil, 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 because you can erase. And I know it's it's this weird stigma that these kids have in middle and, and high school about not wanting to- That they have to use a pen. Yeah, like it's too elementary or babyish, <laughs> but I prefer the pencil. <laughs> so I'm just throwing that in. Hilarious. I prefer digital. There, Look, sometimes the paper calendar is unavoidable, but at least then do things to help yourself, right? Yes. Don't, don't hinder the process. Yes. So as a reminder, be sure to check out our website, www.learnsmarterpodcast.com. This is episode two, and make sure you go and download the What to Have on Your Calendar freebie because it will be the single biggest game changer for you and your family and your different learning students. It's super empowering to know what's going on with your time. And remember, you can follow us on Instagram at Learn Smarter Podcast, or you can follow our personal Instagrams. Mine is my ed therapist. I'm at Cap Ed Therapy, K-A-P-P. And you can always sign up for a strategy session with us on our website. On the Work With Us page. Yes. If you are interested in having some... One-on-one. Yeah, one-on-one. Talk about something specific that's going on with you. Have a great day, Smarties. Bye.